0: Welcome everyone to Nerd Unscripted. This is your host Tony Ladig and I thought we'd talk about something a little more lighthearted and fun uh today. Um and that is the toys of our youth. Uh and essentially what I'm after going for and I want um participation please is um The stuff that we played with as kids. (laughs) Like, how did you entertain yourself as a child? Um, That's kind of the long and the short of it. But let me give a little backstory uh, behind why I thought this could be fun. Um, It's no secret, of course, that Kristen and I own two um, toy stores. And uh, we've been involved in toys pretty much from the time we got together. uh, Because, well, partly... We are um, both toy collectors, and we love our own respective things. Kristen's big thing is has been um, Legos and uh, Captain America uh, toys, uh, Deadpool, R two D two, Wonder Woman. You know a lot of those types of themes. Whereas I've been more lately like uh, Star Wars, of course, but also dinosaurs, robots, um, Bugs Bunny, and related characters. I, I'm looking around my office, dinosaurs, of course. There's, there's so many, that so many themes that I have going on here in my office, like even Godzilla and stuff, but then also Apollo rockets and those kinds of things and let us not forget rocks and minerals, which aren't really toys, but still. Um, But one of the things that's been interesting in hers and my journey together, um, like we started dating like this, this past weekend, four years ago. And it was right after um, we had our uh, photo outing in the Smokies, which I know Mark is here. He was, there um Val was there I don't know if she's here today um and uh a couple others and we had a really good time and so I left there and and Kristen and I met up in Asheville um and spent some time there and it was super cool um and our first Christmas together um the day after Christmas we went to a toy auction and it was the first auction she had ever been to um it was the um uh, Not my first auction by any stretch of the imagination, because I've gone to them ever since I was a kid uh, with my grandparents. But uh, it was the first auction that I ever went to that was solely focused on toys. And it was a wonderful experience. (laughs) It was just insane. Um, They had like a thousand lots and you name it, they had it there probably for toys. And it was a lot of fun. And so through that experience, plus, um, the, uh, collecting that her and I were doing led to us having, um, our, uh, antique booth, Precious Pastimes, where we ended up at the end with having four different booths, but it was our first foray into toys as sellers and into retail in general. And, uh, so, you know, many of you have seen pictures from the past where we literally constructed a toy store um, inside the antique mall that we were in, Black Rose, and uh, it was a lot of fun. But what was interesting was that we started off selling some pop culture, but more antique toys, um, trains and tin toys, trucks, you know, like the classic Buddy L's and classic games and a lot of things like that. And then we realized that while those sold um, pretty decently, uh, pop culture seemed to be more the thing, which was fine with me because, you know, Star Wars and all of that. And so we started moving more into pop culture and high-end Barbies and um, doll furniture and just different things like that, superheroes and stuff. And um, they did extremely well. And then word got out into the um, antique mall that toys were selling because uh, they were selling for us because we were crushing everybody uh, from a sales perspective. And uh, all of a sudden, everybody is selling toys in the antique mall. It was a noticeable change. And so, as a result, our sales dropped off. And then the mall where the place is located um, kept losing more anchor stores and all of that. So, Today, there's just no traffic. And so we saw the writing on the wall. Uh, Like now at Toy Box on a bad day, we make more than what we made in a month at the antique place where that wasn't always the case. Um, So anyways, it was a fun adventure. And now between our two stores, we have um, educational toys covered um, in spades. We have pulp culture covered in spades. And, uh, it's been a fun experience, but I was thinking about it the other day, you know, with all the toys that we have and all the toys that we sell, um, I was thinking back to whenever I was a kid and what I played with the most, um, like what interested me as a child, um, beyond playing with the box that whatever toy came in, (laughs) which seems like we all, uh, kind of do. At one point or another, us and our cats, you know, Um, but I have some very clear memories of uh, toys and play was different then. it seems compared to today. I mean, I don't know if you've taken time lately to walk through like um, Target, for instance, their toy department or Walmart. Um, Toys are a lot different today than what they were when Um, I was a kid and most of you are right around my age, maybe a little younger, maybe a little older. Um, and I'm in my mid fifties, you know, so toys are a lot different, uh, today in some respects, I love what's happening with the toy lines. Um, it's a reflection of, um, trends in media, you know, used to be that our primary media input was, you know, three stations before Fox came along. And whatever we saw on those shows and toys aligned with those and the movies uh, that were in the theaters. Um, But now network television is almost irrelevant uh, in a lot of respects because you have so many other cable channels um, that are competing against each other, not to mention, um, you know, web series and all kinds of stuff like you know certainly what you can find on youtube on vimeo uh, places like that and toys are being made of some of those series and uh, so if anything there's a lot of clutter um, in the toy industry because the attention spans of children are all over the place you know i mean my grandkiddos probably watch at least maya and wyatt Uh, probably watch more programming quote-unquote in the form of YouTube videos and unboxings and stuff like that Um, which of course didn't used to even be a thing you know going back just a couple years Um, uh, and so as a result that's had a huge impact on um, toys as well so if you take myself for instance and rewind back, I don't know, 40 years, um, or more 45, perhaps. So whenever I was like, you know, five to 10 in that time period, the, the things that I loved to play with, um, was, I, I mean, I had matchbox cars, of course, and I have fond memories of playing with those on the ginormous. Uh, Embankment by my great-grandmother's house, which of course somehow over the years shrank down to about a foot high (laughs) But whenever I was a kid, it was like 30 feet high (laughs) Or so it seemed (laughs) you know how that goes Um, and So there was that but then my dad a lot of my influences I recognize are really because of my dad um, and What his interests were at the time? Uh, so it was like, um, we had slot cars, um, like Tyco and Aurora slot cars. And so we would race them a lot. Um, we had HO trains. Um, dad used to be into like American flyer and Lionel, but he got rid of most of those before I came along. Um, and, uh, so I kind of made up for lost time. (laughs) (laughs) Because I have a huge train collection. But um, HO was really um, a thing for us. And we would build like these, gosh, 12 by 24 foot platforms with lighting and mountains and all of that. And I mean, they were just huge, multiple room uh, layouts. You know, they go all over our basement and everything. And, uh, so that was a big thing for me. Um, football, I really enjoyed. So I had those big metal football things, you know, where you line up all your players and they have like the little felt football and the little like plastic finger type things. And then you put everybody in place and then you turn it on and it vibrates and everybody moves around and stuff. You know, (laughs) I remember playing that. Um, and then whenever I was uh, a bit older, like in my early teens, of course, is when video games came out. So, um, whenever my best friend got Pong, that was like the greatest thing in the world. We would play for hours. And then of course, Atari 2600s came out and it was all over for me. But I hit the gaming scene a little too, like I was a little too old, uh, for whenever I hit the gaming scene. So consequently, like video games to me, um, well, A, I suck at them, but uh even more than that, like upright arcade games, um, which really hit their stride in the early eighties, uh, I I enjoyed. I mean, I was in my early twenties then, and so they were a lot of fun and I spent a lot of quarters uh playing those. And so they're still my favorites, which is why, you know, whenever we put our classic arcade in Nerdvana, we went for The classics, you know, Um, and so all of those that I loved uh, in my early 20s, like Galaga and Centipede and all of those, I can still play today, but Xbox One and PS4, while I have those, um, I royally suck. I mean, the games try to kill me because I'm such a bad player. It's like, we don't even want to play with you, so we're just going to knock you off, but (laughs) true story, actually, but anyway back to the toys like my dad was a volunteer fireman and so um i grew up with a keen interest on um fire related stuff so you know i still have his his fire engine from whenever he was a teenager i won exactly like it um and uh you know some of those kinds of interests of course trains with as i mentioned um not just like the HO scale trains, but we would go train watching. And so, you know, I, um, whenever I was a young kid, uh, the, uh, trains had mostly already switched away from steam engines into diesel. So I didn't really get to see much in the way of steam engines personally myself. I mean, there's always a few exceptions, um, where you could still see them in action, but it was more as a tourist thing than you know, in, um, real use. Uh, but those were the things for me. Um, and then of course, science, um, my dad at one point worked for a local college and they were rebuilding, they decided to completely rebuild their science center. And, uh, so the employees who worked there, dad was a security guard, uh, got first dibs on, um, uh, any of the extra leftover stuff that they had in their science center that they weren't carrying over into the new one. So as a result, I ended up with a a large chunk of their no pun intended uh rock collection, <laughs> rock and mineral collection, um, came from there. Um I got um um my the microscope that I got uh from there um which I still have and uh so that kind of sparked an interest in me in chemistry, in rock collecting. Uh, Dad had a real small telescope, so there was always an interest there in astronomy uh, from an early age. So, you know, really, you know, planes, trains, and automobiles, and science. <laughs> like, that was that was kind of my gig as as a kid. And what's super cool for me, being the nostalgic kind of guy that I am, Um, I still have dad's original telescope, which is just, it's a small thing, maybe, you know, I don't know, 18 inches or something like that. So it's not very powerful, but I have it here in my office. Um, the original slot cars that he and I drove, uh, whenever I was a little kid, I have here in my office dad's original steam engine ho steam engine that his he loved his beloved you know steam engine and some of his other trains I still have all here in my office um of course my rock collection holy crap I mean <laughs> there's no way I would ever get rid of that it's just you know a hundred times bigger now um and so I can really say in a lot of respects I mean I have while I still have the, the big fire engine, I pretty much have most of the toys from my youth, um, still. And so I can pretty much say that a lot of what we're doing with retail now and what we have planned, um, and this is really true for both of us, is the things that interested us the most when Kristen and I were both young respectively, um, it's what we're doing today as adults. Um, if you get right down to it, I mean, of course, you know, we have an opportunity to serve our community and I love that, um, to give children and adults the same experiences that I had growing up. Um, the town is much different now than what it was back then. Um, and so that's kind of, uh, fun for me. Um, and of course the same is true with her. Um, and books play a big role in that as well for her. But I don't know. it. I can see now how play as a child had an impact on me now as an adult. But the most interesting thing about all of that is that it wasn't until I gave myself permission that that was okay, that I really started enjoying it again. And it's not like I'm trying to relive my youth. I mean, I, you know, it. maybe in some respects it is that, you know, uh, because fond memories and so on. But more than that, I just identify with it. And um, each generation has, uh, if, if they have nothing else, they have a set of toys that they identify with every single generation. And uh, that's one thing that we've really seen. And so, you know, I still go to train auctions and those kinds of things. I was at one on Saturday. I I didn't buy anything, um, partly because I had some other work to do and I couldn't really stay long. But there were a few temptations that I avoided just because I have plenty of trains. And that's what I keep telling myself. I don't need any (laughs) more. But I have a pretty crazy uh train collection especially like standard gauge templates from lionel and stuff um i love them and uh it's just kind of cool to do that so what i would like to hear um enough about me (laughs) what i would like to hear is um what are some of the things that whenever you were a child um that you remember playing with like if if you could get capture one thing, you know, one toy or a couple toys from your youth, and perhaps you still have them, but bring it forward to today, uh, what would that be for you?
1: So that's what I would like to know. Uh, let's see here.
0: Lois says, um, Etch-a-Sketch, um, Life. Yeah, I remember when Life came out. Uh, Pollyanna, um, Spirographs. You know, it's what's interesting, um, of course, we have both Etch-a-Sketch and Spirograph in our uh, toy store, our younger toy store. And um, Spirograph, I always love. We have this like adult collector set now that's like gold medal. Um, and so everything is heavy. And I can actually do that. And, but my big thing with Spirograph, you know, I try to recreate the pictures on the cover, you know, that are really complex that no kid can ever accomplish, it seems. And, uh, you know, the darn plastic rings would always move. Like, I'd have it 90% done and it looked awesome. And then all of a sudden my finger would be tired or something and it'd move and blah, you know. Fortunately, the uh, metal ones don't do that today. But, yeah, uh, great toys. Uh, Mark says, uh, I had a man from uncle briefcase that had a camera that triggered from the handle. Um, that's kind of cool. Uh, a pocket knife that turned into a pistol, a radio that turned into a machine gun, spy glasses, that had mirrors around the corner, periscope, invisible ink pens and more. I've not seen one since, so it may be less than uh, than my memory has elevated it to. Well, uh, spy type stuff though is still very popular today. Um, I know my one nephew has been really into it. I've not seen that one personally, but, um, I could see, like, I could see myself enjoying something like that back in the day for sure.
1: Uh, Tony says we didn't have room for
0: HO, so we had double, O, or yeah, double O. Yeah. Um. I've I've recently I mentioned about temptations at the train auction on Saturday. Uh one of the one of those temptations was that they had a number of lots that were Z gauge. Uh so the real little tiny ones that run. You have N gauge, like H O, then N gauge and then Z Gauge. And so Z Gauge is like about half the size of N. And uh, I have one, they're referred to as suitcase or briefcase trains or whatever um, because they're so small. So I have like an entire layout for Z gauge that for HO would be like a four by eight sheet of plywood. But this thing is like maybe 18 inches by 24 or something. So if even that, I don't even think it's that. Very small, but super cool. Um, and surprisingly, the trains cost almost as much as like HO and O gauge, I guess because they're much more small. But yeah, given the, the standard gauge and uh, O gauge trains that I have, going with Z gauge would be much nicer because I <laughs> they take up a lot less space. Uh, Carolyn says empty wooden thread spools with rubber bands and match sticks to wind up, uh, Jack's pickup sticks, spitting tops. Um, the game. Sorry. Yep. I remember all of those. My sister and I would play Jack's for hours and pickup sticks as well. I remember. <laughs> Mark says, I'm not reliving my youth. I've been told I'd never left it. Um, I think I left mine for a while. um, just, I, I feel like, you know, looking back at my life, there was a period of time where in some respects I feel like I lost my way and, um, and I'm fortunate that the last several years, I've, I feel like I've really come back into my own. I mean, there's, there are times I'll, I'll be honest, um, where, you know, I think here I am, a you know, a 56 year old. Man, and you know, one of my primary businesses is buying and selling toys And of course, you know, if any of you have ever seen pictures from my office, it's it's a bit uh, Curious at best we'll say Um, it's a like a wonderland, but So there are there are brief moments where I feel like Why am I doing this or why you know, why is this even a thing for me, but? That only lasts about five seconds because one of the great discoveries I've made in life is that it's okay to be whoever the hell you want to be. And if other people don't like it or they complain about it, tough. Go live your own life. You know, I refuse. I spent a lot of my years trying to conform my life into other people's Image of how I should be and live and I finally got over it finally moved past it. And so now it's like If you don't like who I am as a person and what my interests are and all of that, I'm sorry, but I'm not changing That's like I'm embracing who I am fully as a person and if that means that I have you know giant transformer sitting in my office next to dinosaurs and robots other robots, that's who I am, you know, so tough. (laughs) And I I have to be honest, it is incredibly freeing. It's incredibly freeing to embrace who you are as a person fully. Um, I've maintained, and this opinion really got its origin with Kristen um, whenever she went through her play expert training, is that uh, adults have forgotten how to play. Uh, because they see it as childish and it's not. It's childlike is what we're after. And um, you think about whenever you're a child and your imagination is running free, your creativity is running free. Like I watch my grandkiddos play and conversations that they have and the way they think about things and everything. And it just makes me smile. You know, we lost that in the sake of being serious and adult-like and all of that. When in reality, um, there's a lot that really is messed up in the world today because we've tried to act like adults, whatever that even means, you know. So anyway. Um, Kathy says, one of my favorites was some sort of a plastic projector that you would shine a picture and it would project the picture on a piece of paper and you could draw and trace the image on the paper. Also, all the art supplies I had to draw in color. Then there came a ball that I could hit against the wall in the carports in our apartments. I spent a lot of time outside in those days. Yeah, um, art was pretty big for me too, um, especially back then, um, colored pencils was kind of my thing. Um, because I love to draw. Uh, we have a magazine here in Pennsylvania called Pennsylvania game news and my dad subscribed to it whenever I was a kid. And so whenever the latest issue of Pennsylvania game news came, which always featured some kind of a illustration of, um, animals common to Pennsylvania, you know? So like, uh white-tailed deer or a black bear or rough grouse or something like that. So every time a new issue would come, I would set out to uh, draw that. Um, that was like one of the things that I loved to do was redraw, um, you know, whatever was on the cover of the latest issue. But uh, the uh, projector thing that you're mentioning is kind of funny. Um, I actually have a brand new one setting out in our play space (laughs) that we just got a little while back uh, for that exact reason. Again, Um, we were using it on a bit larger scale uh, for some of the prop ideas that we had for Nirvana, but it's kind of cool. Like, I I made it a really good reason why we needed to get one of those, but ultimately the root of that went back to (laughs) whenever I was younger,
1: for sure. Sorry, I needed a quick drink
0: there. Uh, Tony says, Matchbox cars. Yeah, I don't remember. Like, I remember playing with Hot Wheels whenever I was, um, like, fifth and sixth grade. Um, But I know, like, the Matchbox I had first. I remember that for sure. I don't have any of those anymore. I still remember them. I remember some of the ones that I had. But I remember when I was like in fifth grade, taking the matchbox and the Hot Wheels and trying to get them to what we would call drifting today. Um, But, you know, you push them so that they kind of slide sideways as they're going. (laughs) Because we had like these polished wooden floors in our living room, I guess. Excuse me. And uh, I remember doing that. Uh, Jess says, uh, an all metal crane. They had a working bucket. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love those things. Um, and there were some great ones like, um, uh, buddy L of course was very popular and not that I had one personally, but when we were selling vintage toys, especially I had a lot of the, um, the metal cranes and dump trucks and stuff like that. Lots of fun um kathy says actually my one toy that was my very favorite was my madame alexander sissy doll i loved her high heels and lovely clothes Uh, also i love making clothes for her with my grandmother out of the patterns that were available awesome yeah it's uh to me i don't know what size those madame alexander dolls were i know kristen and i sold some smaller ones um a couple years ago but um I really like seeing the uh, like the 18 inch dolls and the popularity that they really have today. Um, I think it's a really cool trend, and actually they're selling really well. And I see it as a callback. I mean, a lot of toys cycle based upon the interest of the parents, which is why you know a lot of the toys that are making a comeback, so to speak, today. Um, were ones that were popular whenever my girls were little, you know, so go back, you know, toys that were popular 20 years ago, some of those are coming back again or variations on the theme, uh, which is why you're seeing Polly Pockets and, um, strawberry shortcake and, um, you know, even, uh, a lot of callbacks to Nintendo products and classic video games and all of that, um is just for that reason and and those cycles have existed as long as toys have been made i mean really uh val says uh i had a little metal gas station and garage with a cranking elevator that raised cars to the top of the garage and a spiral track for the cars to roll down loved it um yeah i didn't have any of those as a kid um but, uh, cause (laughs) probably couldn't afford it, honestly, but, um, I had several of those, uh, when we were selling vintage toys, they're all gone now, but, um, definitely, um, I had several of them and I bought them just because I didn't have them whenever I was a kid. That was one thing about buying the vintage toys was, um, it gave me an opportunity to experience a lot of those toys that I, you know, we couldn't afford whenever I was a kid and so just to be able to buy them and have them for a time Even though ultimately they pass through It um, was a lot of fun uh, for us and for me, especially and uh so one of the things that we adopted and we're still kind of working through this but it's like having a lot of the toys that you always wanted to have but just enjoying them for a while and then allowing somebody else to enjoy them, whether you sell it or send it to auction or whatever the case may be. And so like, even if you walk into our toy stores today, um, a lot of the stuff that we carry is related to things that we're interested in, but also trends and all of that, of course. But it's just kind of cool to know that we can go in and see these toys and games and everything that we have uh, and enjoy them. But if they sell, they sell. I mean, you know, not attached or anything like that and uh it's kind of cool but i also for a while got into collecting uh some of the classic tin toys like the windups and stuff like um japanese robots from the 50s and um uh some of the older toys from the 20s and 30s um i just love like little abner and um and his dog ear band so it was like a piano and you wind it up and um, they would all bounce around and play rhythms and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, some of those kind of toys that I had for a time that I bought at various auctions. And I just sold off all of my tin toys, I think, with one or two exceptions. Because we had like wind up uh, all tin uh, Ferris wheels like from Disney and all of that. The um, uh, the little ski lodge kinds of things and uh, a lot of those. But I sold all of those off and actually made a very nice profit off of them. But it was fun to have them when I had them. Uh, Kathleen says, uh, watercolors, paper dolls, um, which she drew her own pastel pencils and sketchbook and a toy sewing machine. Very cool. I had, I actually at one point had some of my mom's uh, paper dolls. I don't know whatever happened to those now that I think about it, but I remember seeing them. Actually, my sister may have them, come to think of it. Um Suzanne says Lincoln logs and marbles. Yes. Absolutely. I I love both. And uh Kristen and I bought lots of both of those. <laughs> a few years back when we were doing that and uh yeah see you still have a lot of those toys today but toys are different now i don't know like to me and maybe again it's because of my age but
1: i just don't see like lol dolls
0: you know 20 30 years from now adults going oh do you remember when we had the lol dolls I love those things. And maybe that is a conversation that will happen. I don't know. But uh, Lincoln Logs, uh, Frank mentions Erector Sets. Um, Yeah. Erector Sets I really enjoyed just because of science, you know. Um, Believe it or not, I actually at one point, um, this is when I was a little bit older as a child, um, I wanted to either be an architect or i wanted to be um an archaeologist like one or the other ended up being neither but still interested in both uh, but one of the other things speaking of lincoln logs and uh erector sets uh there was this toy out uh a building toy called girders and panels or something like that um i still have one i found one at an auction and i still have it it's in our storage but um, it's like these little plastic girders that look like real girders, you know, to you build skyscrapers from. And then as you built them up, there were these like flimsy plastic panels that you could attach to the outside. So it gave you the ability to build these skyscrapers. So it was one of my favorite toys. I would say, let's see, whenever I would have been in like seventh, eighth grade, I would guess. Um, I enjoyed playing with those and building these skyscrapers. But what I would do is I'd build them out behind my grandmother's house. And then, um, I had access to like little firecrackers and M80s and stuff like that. So, you know, <laughs> for whatever reason, I was always obsessed with blowing shit up as I've shared before, but I would build these skyscrapers out of this panels and girders set and then blow them up using firecrackers. Um, so I got a lot of enjoyment out of that as a kid.
1: <laughs> uh, oh, very cool.
0: Jess says I always loved HO trains, but my stepmother wouldn't let me have one. I finally got one when I was an adult and have a Baldwin 462. Very, very cool. Um, And Oh, this is cool. Tim says, I enjoyed making some of my own toys. I would make tractors out of wooden spools and soap and a rubber band and a matchstick. I would also make gliders out of the lids of egg cartons. Uh, My favorite toy is probably uh, B9 M3 from Lost in Space. Very nice. Uh, Val says, the only doll I remember is Tressie. She had hair that would grow if pulled out and you could crank it up to a shortcut as well. I remember doing surgery to see how she worked. <laughs> That's funny. That's awesome. That's how my brain would work. Oh, this is really cool. I wonder how it works. Um, William says, my fond uh, toy memories are of Dinky Toys and Corgi Toys from England. Oh, Yeah. Uh huh. I have, uh, I still have some of those. Uh, they were only sold in one store and I always uh, look forward to going to that store. Whenever we went into the downtown area, my dad was also in O gauge and we had three quarters of the basement with a train layout. Today I collect toy fire trucks, have around 2,600 and both O gauge and HO trains. That's super cool. Um, I, I don't have twenty six hundred fire trucks. I probably have maybe a dozen or two. Um uh what I really like are some of the the really old um uh some of the old Buddy Elf fire engines, the big ones. Um I've had a couple opportunities to buy them at auction, but like you're still talking, you know, close to a thousand plus dollars a piece you know to get them today in any kind of condition but i do have um a couple english fire trucks that i found at an auction and uh not a lot of ho trains a few i have a couple brass engines that i found and of course my dad's um but more so o-gauge and uh o-gauge and standard gauge are probably the big ones that I collect these days Suzanne says I think it's great what you're doing uh, that you're doing what you love toy stores etc me too I you know if I could wish anything for anyone it would be that they could spend their life doing what they love You know, and that, of course, I can be anything, you know, for some folks, it might just be running or having a store related to running, which is just a random thing off the top of my head. But, you know, could be, you know, whatever. One of the things that Kristen and I made a commitment to um, for our employees that work for us in retail is to, um, you know, first of all, look for folks who. Uh, really have a heart and vision for what we're doing Um, but along with that uh, to make their dreams come true as well so like the gal who uh, is managing our nerd store right now Casey um, it really took her a while when we first hired her to figure out what she really wanted to be when she grew up And I remember having conversations with her, Chris and I both, you know, trying to hone in on what that would look like. And she just didn't know. She would draw a blank. And it was very frustrating, honestly, uh, to the point where we nearly fired her um, because she was just waffling all over the place. And then something happened and she woke up and all of a sudden she realized, you know what, I I really love baking. And uh, and she's good at it. And so now, you know, one of our future stores is a a gluten-free bakery and ice cream shop. And she's going to be the manager of that. And it's her dream job. And uh, she's on fire. I mean, just the experimenting with recipes now, even though we're still a year plus out from it, uh, just seeing her come alive in that dream and vision for herself and, you know, for what our companies are doing. Is just really rewarding, um, and so just to be able to to help other people realize their own dreams as well, whether it's toys or not. I mean, that's our foundation. You know, we we're starting with two toy stores, but we have other things planned that aren't toy related at all. Um, but just to to really dive into that and help other people realize that same experience is incredibly rewarding and a lot of fun. Um, Mark says, I also had a number of cardboard vehicles that I ordered out of the back of comics by saving up 10 cent soda bottles. They were printed, heavy duty waxed, and extra thick. I had a Spitfire plane, a tank, and a submarine. They came flat. Uh, When you put them together, you could get in them. Holy crap. crap. I didn't realize when you first started talking about that. I was thinking like little models, but um, that's huge. Uh, they were printed on both sides, so buttons, levers, and screens were all there. They were awesome, complete with Flintstone foot power. This thought just popped up. I'd like to explore making some of these. That's super cool. I didn't even know those existed. Um, it's cool that that you had those. Uh, Mark says, I wish you, I knew you wanted a projector. I have one I'm putting up on eBay. Yeah, we bought this one about six months ago, I think. Something like that.
1: Uh, Suzanne says, make believe with my
0: Madame Alexander doll with all the clothes my mom made for her. And uh, Mark also says, I also built a lot of models, mostly TV and movie inspired, Lost in Space, Star Trek, Tarzan, I still have a number of them. Very cool. And uh, Tim says, I had a Dick Tracy cap gun, a toy pistol. I can still remember the smell after I fired it. Probably not uh, PC today, but uh, a good memory for me. And no, I didn't become a gun owner as a result. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was telling Kristen the other day, I said, you know, I'm pretty sure that some of the stuff that I did and played with as a kid uh, today would like land me in jail, (laughs) I'm pretty sure. Um, But I mean, I grew up in a really small town at the foot of the mountains and, um, you know, we didn't have any traffic come through town after like 6 p.m. Um, And there was only maybe a couple hundred people that lived in the town tops and most of them were over the age of 60. And so, I mean, there were a few of us kids, you know, maybe 20 or so, um, but it just gave me an opportunity to do a lot of fun things, you know, as a kid that is more challenging to do today. Like if I wanted to go fishing, which I hunted and fished a lot as a kid too. So not really toys, but still. um, But if I wanted to go fishing, which I did a lot, especially in the summer for bass, there was a pond that was you know, a quarter of a mile from my house, a uh, big pond and lots of great fishing. Um, if I wanted to go hunting, which I often did a lot in the fall, um, like for squirrels and rabbits and stuff like that, deer, um, it was a half a mile walk in the other direction, you know, and boom, you were in the mountains. Um, and so, you know, I had that opportunity as well, which was really cool. And what's interesting is that, Once I got married, uh, to my first wife, all of that stopped. Like I hunted and fished more than I didn't whenever I was younger. Um, and then I got married and had a family and all of that stopped. So to me, in some respects, it's kind of cool to, well, I'm still not hunting or fishing these days. I just, you know, haven't (laughs) interest changed, I guess, but, um, Still kind of cool to get back to some of the toys and those kinds of things. Um, Val says, yes, I used to collect Betsy McCall paper dolls. My mother subscribed to McCall's magazine, and the new Betsy McCall paper doll page would come every month. I'm sure that's why my mom continued to get the magazine. Uh, Paper dolls are making a comeback, actually, in some really cool ways, which I was
1: really happy to see. Uh, Kathy said,
0: I remember my brother had an erector set and he was always building stuff out of it. He used to charge us a nickel to make it, give us a stick of gum. (laughs) Expensive stick of gum in those days. That's pretty funny.
1: Um, Oh, this is cool.
0: Kathleen says uh, that she found real clay Um, They lived in the country and made play food and dishes out of it. That's super cool. Oh, interesting. Uh, Tony says, I once had the opportunity to work at Corgi Toys headquarters in the UK. I spent ages looking through their displays of past models, 50 years, 50 years plus old at the time and really enjoyed myself. Yeah, I I think I would enjoy that as well. There's something about, like, I don't know, like even looking at any of the old classic toys. And one thing, I get this uh, magazine called Antique Toy World. I get it every month. And it's mostly just advertising for upcoming toy auctions. And um, it's crazy what some people will spend for old toys, like tens of thousands of dollars um but i enjoy uh, a lot of the toys are before my time uh, more like my dad's time but just seeing what was made and available for kids to play with um uh, over the years has always just fascinated me you know Um, because that's when we are at our most innocent that's when we're at um, in many cases at our most imaginative or our most creative. And so that's why I think I have such a respect for, um, for toys and what, you know, we played with when we were young, because in some respects it contributed to who we are today. You know? (laughs) Kathy says, uh, my dad used to always tell my sister and I to go outside and play twiddlywinks winks with the manhole covers or go catch a bird by putting salt on its tail. Never knew then why they would laugh at us so hard <laughs> trying to do this.
1: Oh, uh, that's funny. The humor of parents. Oh, that's really
0: sweet. Leslie says, both of you are very... Are special people what a wonderful thing to do for your employees well thanks it's a lot of fun i i will say this though um this is one thing that we discovered um is that unfortunately a lot of times as adults we don't know what to do with ourselves when our dreams start coming true because we are so much programmed, unfortunately, to be disappointed or, you know, for things to not work out the way we want them to or whatever. And so as a result, when things start uh, falling into place and coming into alignment, we don't know what to do because all of a sudden the dream that we wanted for so long is becoming a reality and we never expected it. And so um, we've seen it happen over and over again where people will self-sabotage them themselves right out of their dreams, because deep down they don't feel like they deserve it or that it would never really happen or whatever. And so one of the things that we actually had to implement um, in our company is regular meetings with uh, some of our managers who we have future plans for, just to make sure their headspace is where it needs to be so that Whenever they step into their dream, like Casey with the bakery and all of that, that they don't sabotage it somehow, you know, do something stupid to end up not working for us or whatever. Because, you know, uh, unfortunately, that happens a lot where we have these dreams that we hold on to for so long and we elevate them in this way that makes them unattainable, even though we hold on to it, that whenever they finally start falling into place, we don't know what to do you know, um, never really believed that it would happen. Or maybe we just didn't feel like we deserve it or whatever, you know? And so then as a result, we, we do stupid stuff or we withdraw, you know, to make it go away. Um, I I remember my son-in-law told me a story about a, a guy that he worked with. There was always this one kind of car that he wanted, a Dodge Viper. And they're not inexpensive; they're a lot of money. He saved up his money. he got his dream car, and uh one of his friends uh he had it for a week, and one of his uh friends took it out for a drive and totaled it you know like what sixty thousand dollar car I think those run a give or take and my son in law David asked a guy, you know why you know how mad he must be that his friend, uh, totaled it. And the guy said, you know, what's weird is that he said, exactly the opposite is true. I'm relieved. And David says, why are you relieved? You've been saving for years to get this car. You finally had your dream. And he's like, I didn't realize the responsibility that came with it. And, uh, it freaked him out, uh, to the point where he didn't personally sabotage the car but he loaned it out to a friend who totaled it and but still the the end result was the same um he got his dream and couldn't handle it and so the dream had to go away and so i would really encourage you to be aware of those kind of dynamics there's some weird shit that we do in our heads you know that seems to defy explanation but um you know that's one thing that Chris and I deal with personally, you know, just to make sure that we're in the brain space that we need to be. Um, but we also recognize that we need to do that with our employees as well, because we want what's best for them. You know, we want them to work with us long term, and, uh, and we're certainly grooming them for future things. Like the next, I would say two to three businesses, um, we're already grooming current employees to step into those spots and they're like coming to us saying, I want that store. You know, it's been my lifelong dream to do X. And so it's like, okay, well, it's yours if you want it, but, um, let's just make sure that, you know, that you really are on board with it. Uh, Mark says, I collect anything art related as long as I can remember and still do, but I just realized I don't put them in a toy category, even though some are more than tools of the trade and played with like toys. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I've always, like you, been fascinated with art. And I remember my mom, um, my mom, remember those um, advertisements that were like in the, Magazines and newspaper where you had to like draw the parrot or whatever and then send in Your drawing or or pirate. They had like parrots and pirates and there were a lot of different characters They were usually like a side face view uh, and then you send them in um, so my mom did that and uh, She actually at one point was gonna go to to art school and then I came along but she had a lot of great art supplies that I discovered when I was fairly young, you know, like the uh, posable mannequins and all of those kinds of things. And uh, yeah, I I agree with you. I, I don't know that I would classify them as toys either because it's certainly art supplies, but yet the the interaction with them was definitely on the same creative level as playing with toys. <laughs> Kathy says racing snails was always a good pastime. Loser got the salt on their snail. Uh gross these days.
1: <laughs> That's pretty funny.
0: <laughs> Leslie says, Can I come work for you? Well, believe it or not, we're always hiring. Um, we're well, let me reframe that. We're always looking for people. Um, not always hiring, <laughs> but We are looking for um, some folks related to our nerd store. My daughter, one daughter, is going to start working for us part time. Um, But we need to find somebody who really knows RPG games and some of that, Warhammer and some of those kinds of games, so they can run tournaments for us. Uh, But yeah, we have, um, well, we have our two stores currently and we have at least five more planned, uh,
1: five stores, um, maybe more actually.
0: And then, um, five or six, I don't, re- I don't keep track well, I do keep track, but five or six. And then of course the, um, science center, you know, which is after,
1: um, but anyway, if
0: you ever imagined yourself living in South Central Pennsylvania, hey. <laughs> uh Mark says the worst part of telling yourself your dreams and crazy wishes are unattainable is that you say it enough. It truly does. Um it truly does because you believe it's true. Um, yeah. I agree. um kathleen says here is the tinkercad posable dinosaur pattern i mentioned before cool i'm gonna copy that
1: and check that out after
0: and kathleen says art supplies are the best toys and sewing machines yeah i'm sure there's a lot of people that would agree with that And She also says my Epson printer with waterproof fade proof ink is one of my favorite toys Yeah, I I think I could say that. I mean I have a um, Mine's a Canon I used to use Epson all the time, but I switched to Canon why I I still have an Epson R1800 uh, which is a little dated these days But just upgraded to a new Canon, which is a lot of fun so my toys today even though I have a lot of classic toys Um, the maker toys that I have, I don't spend nearly enough time using, but, um, I'm looking forward to doing more of that. I just got a, uh, um, a vacuum form machine, uh, yesterday. I ordered it almost two years ago and it finally came. Uh, it's a desktop vacuum former. So I'm looking forward to experimenting with that, but. Um, You know, that, 3D laser printer, and cricket machine, and those are all the fun toys today, for sure.
1: Mark says, I never
0: realized it was your mom that inspired your art bent. My mom also wanted to go to art school and inspired me. I went to art shows before I could walk. Yeah, she was actually really good at it. Um, And... I don't know if I still have any of her drawings or not, but it inspired me to draw. And then she funneled her, uh, art interest into, uh, sewing primarily, but, um, which she still does today. Uh, she still, you know, makes her own sewing type products, um, like handbags and different things like that. But she also does a lot of alterations and those kinds of things for a fairly large clientele. You know, she just turned 75 like last week, but she's still going strong. Um, And, uh, but I remember as a kid, you know, we would make, good gosh, we were always making something artsy or craftsy. Like one thing that we went through this season of when I was fairly young um, was like, there was styrofoam like different colors of styrofoam you could buy and it not like the foam that's available today which is really dense but this is more open um and you get it in uh thin sheets of different colors and so we would make uh different kinds of animals and then put refrigerator or magnets on the back to hang it on your refrigerator uh, so we made stuff like that we made um uh baskets um mom no knows a lot of the, uh, Cherokee basket weaving methods and techniques. And so she taught me how to weave baskets, um, whenever I was in my early teens. And so we did a lot of that. Um, I still have several of those that she made, um, and that I made. Um, I didn't really do much with clay until I was a senior in high school is whenever I discovered the wonders of clay and throwing on a wheel. Um, (laughs) But, uh, yeah, good times. And also, the other thing, this isn't really toys at all, but speaking of interest and creativity, we did a lot of baking, too. My mom and I would have baking competitions to see who could make the best cakes or cupcakes or whatever, and uh, as a result, I mean, I... I learned how to cook, which was kind of good. So (laughs) I don't have to worry about starving. But I also got to the point where I was a better baker than my mom. Um, And uh, because we come up with these really wild, like make our own recipes and stuff. And that was a lot of fun. Not really toys, but, you know, still fun.
1: Kathleen says it's the waterproof ink. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. Excuse me, my throat's drying out. Uh, well, anyway, thank you all very much for sharing um, your own toys and experiences and all of that. Um, one thing um, I, I really like these kinds of interactions. Um, I also like the weirdo stuff, uh, of course. Uh, there's a speaking of weirdo stuff. There's a new movie that was just released today. Um, I think it's on iTunes and Vimeo and Amazon and some other places called above uh, above majestic and uh, So if you're really interested in the UFO controversy and secret space program and all of that That's a, a movie for you to watch um, I've already bought it and downloaded it. Of course. I haven't watched it yet, but <laughs> it should be a good watch um, But I was thinking about in the future, probably not next week, but sometime in the future, another conversation like this that I'd love to have is um, some of your favorite books, like books that were really transformative um, to you at some point in your life or whatever. Um, And so maybe we'll have that conversation. I know I've already gotten several great reads from a number of you over the uh, last However long we've been doing this, half a year. Um, And I appreciate it. Usually I buy pretty much every recommendation that I get. Um, But I was thinking that could be another fun one for a future conversation is, um, you know, great reads that have really had an effect on your life, positive effect. So anyway, I hope you all enjoy the rest of your week. And we will meet up here again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern.